Hey, it's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. It's episode 36 coming to you from the beautiful Loop Studios of Radio DePaul Sports. My name's Mike Fleischman. That over there is Matt Mellumsetter. Hey. It's nice outside. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's a decent day. It's it's the snow's kind of melting a little bit. It's 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 sunny. I, I cannot I have lost the ability to be surprised when I walk outdoors. This sure. Winter. Yeah, absolutely. Because some winters are predictable. Like, oh, it's just been cold. Or, oh, it's just been very warm. Or, oh, it's been snowing a lot this winter. It's done everything this winter. It's, it's done everything, like, in consecutive days. Like, we, we've, ro- we've rode the fence of it being negative 30 and then also 45 the next day. And, like, what does that do to your body? What does that tell your body? It makes me very confused. Yeah, it makes my body, my skin is angry. My yeah. skin says, what the hell, dude? It makes my sinuses upset as yeah. well. Oh, my sinuses are pissed. My joints, I mean, what, this is my this is my new blog entitled, What is Wrong with My Body? <laughs> everything, uh, <laughs> everything is angry at the weather. I, I, I am, like a, like a lot of people, yeah, it's, I've discovered skincare sort of in the last oh, year. Yeah. Because I now work in a field in which people may occasionally point cameras at me. Sure. And so it's made me take a, just a little bit of a passing interest. So now I have like, I, I've added, I've added like two new things to my, my normal daily regimen. I put something on my face and then I wash it off with water. Yeah. I yeah. did that for the first time in like a month yesterday. Yep. It was great. Yeah. I've got this new, new routine <laughs> and I get like, I get, here's the thing. The best part about it is I get no end of shit for it. Yeah. From from like, of course. Uh, like my wife, who has never, never seen me use anything other than a bar of soap in my entire <laughs> life. Bar of soap, yeah. straight to the face. Bar of soap, straight on body, done. And now I like, I have a a thing specifically designed to just wash my face, and she's just like, oh, who's fancy now? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this fancy pants. Yeah, l- cucumber face yeah. wash. Oh, what are you should, doing? Should we get you a fig and lady fling- <laughs> finger McFlurry? <laughs> Uh, credit to I think Clickhole for that for that particular joke. Uh, you know, McDonald's introduces new fig and lady finger McFlurry for fancy lads <laughs> who would like a treat. <laughs> Which I found a lot of truth to my life in that in that headline. So so there you have it. I am it. a fancy lad who would like that McFlurry. Yes, I am a very very fancy lad. Actually, uh, we were just talking about basketball. It's basketball playoff season right now. In high school and starting into college. Yeah. So that's kind of got us onto that. And we're just talking a bit about about good coaches and bad coaches and coaches at the college level. And yeah, I think we both agree that some of these these very long venerated coaches are guys who have had the at least three of the top fifteen recruits coming into their programs every year. Yeah. Consecutively for forever. Yeah. And yeah, I wonder if we're getting an honest reading on how good guys like Shashevsky really are. Yeah, I don't think he's that great. I like I it's I mean it means something to win as many games as he's won, um, and be around for as long as he has been. But like once you if you're like consistently bringing in like the top three players in the country and still exiting in round one and round two, sure, like it means nothing to me. Though. Well, and I, I see guys, I see guys like Shashevsky and his counterpart on the women's side, Gino Oriema. Yeah. At, at, uh, UConn as almost less of coaches these days and yeah. more of like managers of the greater organization of the game. Yeah. And in one part, like 
because Krzyzewski and Oriema are counterparts in that they are the men's and women's Olympic coaches. Yeah. Or at least Oriema was. I don't believe he is anymore. Same with Krzyzewski, actually. He's, Isn't it Bruno uh, now? It might be Bruno. Yeah, I think it's Bruno now. Cool. Good. No one deserves it more. Yeah, he's great. Um, Doug Bruno, the coach of the DePaul women's team, who is one of the most exciting women's teams in the nation to watch on a yeah. nightly basis. Uh, you've been covering them a lot, actually. Yeah. Are they Have they gotten it? Over fifty percent three point attempts as as a portion of their t- total shooting from the floor this oh year. Oh my god, I'm sure they have. They were close I couldn't, last I couldn't year. give you a number, but I know they lead the country in three point attempts. I, I I love that stuff. Isn't it like Florida Florida Atlantic shoots shoots a lot of them down there as yeah. well? But yeah, that's I I love I love the three point shot in basketball, which it will stop me from ever being a basketball purist. Sure, yeah. In that I I think it's a a highly specific skill and that it's one of those things in basketball that like never comes cheap. Yeah. Like getting a good three point shot is never something that has happened to you. It is something that you have acquired. Yeah. I mean, so it's just, it's one of the ultimate like skill moves in all sports. You don't just, you're not just like you, you can be born and just be a crazy athlete. Yeah. You can't be born and just be a crazy three point shooter. Like you have to work at that. Yeah. And develop that. And like become good at it. Yeah, um, Shashevsky and Oriama are just they're managers of the game. They're promoters of yeah. the sport. They do a lot for it on the international level. And I'm sure Mike Shashevsky's day involves probably almost as much meetings as it does ever just being an active part of his team's yeah. practices and the day to day management of the basketball players on on Duke. It feels like he's more of a like a personality manager sometimes for Duke like with so many players coming into Duke year in and year out who are just going to leave the next year for the NBA and be the number one two and three picks and then also the number 10 and 15 picks like it feels like it it's it's just him managing like a subpar NBA squad and keeping personalities from clashing and yeah egos there's a bit together. of that and it's it's had its imitators that has not gone quite as well yeah. Memphis has tried to imitate that Kentucky. Kentucky tries to imitate that. How does this relate to the Green Bay Packers in pro football? It does not. I don't know. It's a boring week in yeah. football right now. The AAF didn't make payroll for week one. Oh, that's so exciting. That's yeah, the most exciting so, thing I've heard all week. Yeah. I yeah. actually watched the AAF yeah, it, this, this week. What'd you think? Um, I saw a lot of incomplete passes. Yep. Who, which teams do you watch? I watched the game between... I got to get this this window up. I do not know these teams yeah, well no, enough. They're crazy. It, the hot shots, the iron, the fleet. Yeah, I watched a very good game, actually, between the Apollos and the Commanders. Yeah, the Apollos are really good. That's Spurrier's team. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're, really, they're really, really good. Uh, I'd say that was a legitimately good game of football. It yeah. was not... like They're selling this as professional football, and I'm not buying it. Sure, it's like a semi-pro kind of. Yes. It's like it's it's it's. I think that it would be best served if the NFL purchased it, the AAF. So it was not running like independently, and also I think that like practice squad players should be allowed to play, like guys who like a not a maybe not a Tim Boyle type, but like a. I don't. I, didn't try, I guess I don't I think don't, Tim Boyle would would make a noise in this league. Really. Because here's here's my read, and this is a small sample size read. Sure. I don't know that. I don't know that this is going to be a quarterback league. 
Yeah, they kind of want it to be Tim like Boyle a, has the tools to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. A pocket passer who puts up deep balls to receivers and has a little bit of athleticism and escapability yeah. to go along with it. This is, there is not the level of receiving talent. Yeah, there's not really any great. In the AAF. There's Quentin Patton, who's on one team, and he was with the Niners for a few years and wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, there's really there's really no good great receivers in this league. And and I think what we're what we're seeing this is this is my my sort of stupid dumb highbrow thought. Sure. It's not dumb, but it is like highbrow. It, it it is a little highbrow in the in the parody sense of the word highbrow. Sure. That <laughs> this is my thought on the AA after at least what I was seeing of it very small sample size is yeah. that uh, the NFL has refined its skill positions to such yeah. a specific degree that general football mm-hmm. no longer resembles the NFL. Sure. And that recruiting and scouting and signing for the NFL is has become so refined that no longer is like a good athlete with a little football knowledge quite cutting it in a lot of these positions. Yeah. That my quarterback analogy, kind of the, the start of that, in that, a good AAF quarterback hits his checkdowns. Mm-hmm. A good AAF quarterback has ap- almost no use for a twenty-yard out, right? Because there is no one who can catch it. Yeah, it's what I saw over and over again. I, I think the uh, the Commanders in particular, yeah, had uh, stalled. The uh, Apollos put up seventeen points in the fourth quarter to win the game. Yeah, it was actually a good comeback, but there was a lot of attempts to run a vertical game that was just not there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the things that you are going to find, and I think NFL teams are going to find in this league, are athletes on defense yeah. and uh, running backs. I And offensive line, I think, is the other one. Mm-hmm. Is, is I've seen a lot of good offensive line play from the Stallions and, like, good defensive back play um, and, like, good, like, backside defensive athletes, I think, is, is where we'll see some guys kind of make that leap into the NFL. Yeah, because running backs are running backs are more highly valued in every football league and inter- iteration of football except the NFL. Yeah, running backs are still valuable in the NFL, but like six of them are. Yeah, like <laughs> it, six of them are for three years. Yeah, and then it's a new six. And yeah, it's a completely new six who were drafted the year before. Plenty and plenty of NFL teams like you. It seems that the Packers in in particular can always find themselves. Yeah an effective running back in a pass-first kind of situation. Hello, Ryan Grant. Yeah, hello, hello Brandon Jackson. Hello, Brandon Jackson. Hello, um, Sam Congato. Yeah. Like, there are, there are guys who are, who are quick, athletic, and who can come into the league and carry the ball. Like, this is, yeah, it but, is a, a, wide, a more widely distributed skill set. Yeah. And so the AAF, I think, if this league lasts... Of course, mm-hmm. there will get a little bit more talent and refinement, but I think this will be a, a a running league. And I think that even though you are facing some athletic defenses, I would I would not be surprised to see a team bunch their formation in and start mm-hmm. running army football. Yeah, and start going full on just run the ball every time. Football. Yep. Yeah. I I, I would I not surprise me it. at all. Yeah. I, I like I I Joel Buono was playing for the Stallions and looked pretty good. Like it. it I think it's a good opportunity for some of those kind of fringe NFL backs to get a lot of reps and to get a chance to keep playing competitive football, um, even into the spring and into the summer. Yeah, that's that is where it is 
it was interesting and like it was a good game. It was you you always like to see a comeback, especially a road comeback. Yeah. That's uh you know, that's that's good stuff. But uh you know, we've had we've had two weeks and your passing leader is Garrett Gilbert with six hundred and twenty yards. Yeah. That is three hundred and ten yards a game. Yeah, which is which, which is, is nice. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's nothing wrong with that. Um you know, behind him is, is Logan Woodside who's four seventy eight. Yeah. And I, I think he's thrown a pick six at least, maybe two. Is there AAF fantasy? That's my question. Like, there is. Okay, of course. Yeah, of course that's out there. Uh, yeah, I guess I hadn't looked into it. It, it seems like a league that is uh, made for off-season like fantasy and football betting and stuff like that. Joel Bonnie was actually fifth in rushing yards in oh. the AAF with 109 of them. Good, good for good for Joel Buanio. And uh, the AAF website still does not have a picture of Joel Buanio, mm-hmm. despite the fact that this man has been on an NFL roster. Yep, good, <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> uh, as someone who's been making website graphics, you just go to the Packers website and you right-click on uh, Joel Buanio's picture and, and <laughs> you select save image as <laughs> yep. dot, dot, dot. Yeah, you can also save the entire Packers website as a PDF. Whoa! Yeah, if you have the Adobe Suite. Wow! I'm now an underground. I am an underground graphic designer. <laughs> scheming up, taking apart these websites. Yeah, not so much scheming in that like, yeah, we the company I work for sells a lot of ad time to companies that may not have a graphics department mm, and sure and you know we're like can we you know put your ad on a rotation on the bottom of our screen and they're like. Sure, what ad? And that's where I come in. And you're like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, let me save your webpage as a PDF. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good league, and it, it's going to need, if it wants to succeed, it needs to find an identity for itself. Yeah. And one of the things that worries me, of course, they already couldn't make payroll. Yeah. And yeah. needed a quarter billion dollars from the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, which... Wow, that's a big hole in your accounting. If you get eight teams going two games in, and go like, oh, oh, well, I forgot to carry, forgot to carry a the billion one. ones, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, I've ended up a quarter billion dollars short. That's rough. That's a problem. Um, and um, they said it was in it uh, like an administrative error with the oh boy, system and an, an administrative error. Yeah, like the the new payroll system that they switched to just didn't quite work right away. And it's like, nah, that's a lot. I've never. Well, that's not normally something that costs a quarter billion dollars. Yeah, no, to it's, fix. That's <laughs> usually something that costs like a, a quarter a hundred dollars to fix. Yeah. <laughs> a phone call to the company that runs your payroll. Well, let me uncheck that. Oh, oh, you checked the break everything box. <laughs> so you really should have left that unchecked. <laughs> should check the make everything work yeah. box. It's yeah. really dumb of you not to yeah. use that. You, know, you have to open down the uh, the pay menu up on top and, and you'll see the selection that says pay all players. You got to <laughs> click on that. that. Yeah. yeah, you uh, forgot that. When it says cancel, you have to click OK. Yeah. <laughs> you click the do not pay <laughs> anyone button. Uh, you really messed this up. Their whole play, yeah, is to is to stave off players going to the XFL, a carny hustle that may not have anyone's best interests at heart. 
Except for Vince McMahon. Yeah, except for Vince McMahon. And Donald Trump somehow. Yeah. And also Donald Trump somehow. Somehow come into... Yeah, he he will... I I am like 82% sure he owns a team. If he's not in jail by 2020, I think he owns a team. I I think... I don't know that he has the attention span to to follow through with this kind of thing anymore, but I could actually... I could see him like getting really into this for about yep 48 to 72 hours yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no you might be right there. he Bef- might not own a team but he might be super into it yeah before it just goes away um so that with the aaf play and and this is the hard part mm-hmm. is that you can't just say that you have the players interests at heart yeah you yeah. have to actually have yeah players interests at heart and the way you do that when you are the owner of a league is to pay them. Yeah. Is to pay them. And they're already like making less than practice squad guys do. So it's 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 not outrageous to pay them. Nope. It's not crazy to pay them. It's only two hundred fifty thousand dollars for three years. Like it your football league with a deal with CBS, you can probably afford this for Ross for eight teams. And this comes on the heels of a USA Today article, and you know, I know we all love USA Today. Yeah, no, everyone's favorite newspaper that started uh, in South Dakota. But this is by Brent Schrutenbor sure. from USA Today. Um, email me if I'm saying that wrong. What this article is telling us is that the AAF, as it's conceived of by the people who own it and have developed it and who have created the partnerships for it, see it less as a football league Uh and more as a way of developing new sports gambling technology. Oh, okay. Uh, Here's a quote from Charlie Ebersol, a co-founder of AAF and a television producer. Quote, the real place where we make revenue is in the back-end technology and how it can be sold to other partners. A lot of this business, uh, pardon, a lot of what this business is, (laughs) hi, Mike Fleischman, Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. I can read words off of a page. The real place where we make revenue is in the back-end technology and how it can be sold to other partners. A lot of what this business is about is being an iceberg. You can see about 10% of what the company is above water publicly. Okay. So this is, and of course, this is a, this is a venture that MGM Resorts International, one yeah. of the biggest casino companies in the world, oh yeah, has backed, and they have major software engineers on the payroll. Yeah, so they're looking for about a seven hundred and fifty million dollar investment. I I know techno- and this is an investment in a football league, but yeah. it's an investment in what they consider to be technology that would help sports gamblers bet on quicker, shorter plays. Basically, fast enough gambling technology to let you place in-game wagers. So, Charlie Ebersol and his partners have this vision of the snap of the football essentially being translated into the drop of the ball onto a a roulette wheel as a a place into which very you know intangible things happen. Yeah, I I know with their application you can track, like, the location of every single player on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, every single thing that happens on the field is tracked and 
counted and quantified and everything like that. And so that's yep. what we know publicly. That's, yep, that's, that's what we're seeing well, right that's now. That's the 10% that we get publicly. Like, I don't know what is behind their 90% veil uh, using their iceberg theory thing. What it will do, says Scott Buerta, he's the president of Interactive Gaming at MGM, which is a... That's Zeno. the most euphemism, euphemistically labeled title I've seen in a while for a job. <laughs> I'm the customer experience assistant manager. Um, <laughs> means that you clean up the bathroom. Uh, what it will do, which is very important to us from a sports betting standpoint, is, and this is talking about what you were saying, it's, it's player and ball tracking things, is it will allow almost immediate transmission of data and what's going on in an event to your mobile device which will allow us to have play by play gambling which is non-existent today so this is yeah in the AAF and they're saying this publicly on mm-hmm. record in USA today yeah. which is bold yeah yeah no real bold i mean it's it's them. it's true yeah. so i suppose it's you're going to find out one way or the other but they're willing to like before week two kicks off, let you know that like this is about testing out on, you know, in real time with a real, they've created a sporting league yeah. to act as a Petri dish to test out their, their real time player tracking and it's subsequent transmission to your phone so that you may, excuse me, so that you may bet on it from an app. Yeah. Um, and which is wild, which is crazy. And it, it, it kind of makes me think of, you know, they have the sky judge as well. Um, it, it, I guess it kind of like hits to me as like, it feels like they're trying to make sure that every single thing, every single like object is controlled for, like every single like thing, every missed call can be corrected. Everything can be made the right way so that the bets go how they should. Does that make sense? I guess I'm not really a gambling man. It's a, it's a little conspiratorial but i think that it's actually what you're talking about is that it's it's I, a it's a it's a prevention against fixing yes yeah it, i don't i don't mean that they're trying to right, fix yeah. it with the referees i think that they're trying to make sure that what happened on the field is called correctly and everything is like mm-hmm. yeah uh, i agree with you there. like yeah. uh, uh, like i guess i think of it is like there's variables variables of human error that can happen in the refereeing and stuff that can cause a game to not go how it was supposed to or a play to not go how it was actually played i.e the saints game with the big pass interference call that was missed yeah like that, that would pass change. interference call was not a part of the betting line and th- that would change in the bets. AAF, and so in the would... aaf they would be able to make the, the correct adhere, call, yeah, and it would theoretically adhere better to the preset line, yeah, yeah. because that it's wild, and you're right, yeah, yeah. So I, that, that's that's, wild. that's my thought. That's it, crazy. Is is all that is for that, and not actually for the better sport? Even though I think the sky judge makes for better sport. I mean, this is this is interesting because I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not a gambler. I don't have, yeah. and I don't have any real politics on gambling. Sure, like it's it's not something that I either approve of or disapprove of. I don't find it to be. You know, a, a, I don't find I it. Don't worth find my it thought. I don't have. Yeah, I don't have moral objections to it. Nor do I have like any sort of fondness for it. Yeah, this is the first time I've thought about gambling in um, longer than a month. I was going to say a month, but definitely longer than a month. And. But I do have, and I always have had an interest in technology and sports. Mm-hmm. And you know, much like much like we see that the the delivery 
of streaming video content on the internet, which mm-hmm. is now like a core of the internet was driven by pornography, which mm-hmm. is another sort of act- thing that like, I don't have any particular moral objection to. Sure. I'm talking about pornography on my football podcast. Help me. We'll get back to it. There, me, we're, everyone. We're, it's okay. I'm going to get around There's to it. There's a point. There's a point and <laughs> we're going to get I there. Just, I just stepped outside <laughs> of myself and saw myself. Yeah, no. Like this is, you know, gambling is driving. <laughs> gambling is a driver of something that is going to be very mainstream yeah. very soon, which is the idea that uh, you you are now like, you are now digitizing and, yeah. and quantifying the activities that are taking place on a field on a level that is so exact exact yeah, exactly it's it's so minute and down to a point and everything is quant- every single dang thing is quantified and is is numberized and can probably yeah. fit into an excel doc and I've, and I've wanted i've asked for about as long as i've understood the word rfid i've asked for yeah. like you know how are we not like putting a chip inside the football mm-hmm. so that we know when the football breaks the plane they have that now of the end zone they have yeah. those, I mean, they, they don't have that in the NFL or in a league, but they have like footballs with that kind of tracking yep. technology and basketballs with that kind of tracking technology. So you can count how many times you make a shot while you're sh- working at the gym and like how many times you dribble and how fast you move when you're dribbling. And like all that can be sure. quantified into like a basketball that costs $200 from Wilson or a football that costs a large sum of money from Wilson. And so like now it seems like, as I understand it in the AAF, like there's one of those in every jersey. And there's one of those in the ball, and the, like it's all being tracked. And you can watch little men move. Do you remember those, the electric football boards? That of you, course. It it's it. The app feels like that to me. You know, like where everybody's just kind of moving, and you can just kind of stand above it and watch it. And it's like they're little pictures, except Joel Bonio doesn't have a picture. Um, except so, <laughs> yeah, except he's just the AAF he's logo. Just the AAF logo moving on a football field on your phone. And I am interested in that kind of thing. It, it, that is. Yeah has interested me for a, a long time and i think we've seen it is another evolution of sports the way that and it's mm-hmm. going to have a lot of pushback and just in the same way that uh the oakland athletics with their their money ball yeah. idea yeah got a lot of pushback but now it's sort of a mainstream accepted idea that of course you try and like use a little bit of math to find the median between between effectiveness and, and spending on players yeah like, why wouldn't you do it that? Makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense nowadays. Or like the people who figured out that shooting thirty three percent from three is exactly the same as shooting fifty percent from two. Yeah, and it's not like oh, the game has changed. Yeah, everything is different now. And now, yeah, now Bruno's teams are shooting more threes, than, threes a game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's. I guess kind of a way that a new way to look at football like with the, the way that this is kind of going is like it, it seems like football has kind of been untouched by those metrics like it feels like the way that football has shifted to the more of a passing game and offense-based game has been more in reaction to the NFL's rule changes and less in a reaction to like someone broke the game with metrics where like in baseball like moneyball changed the way that like rosters were contru- constructed and, like, to a certain extent. Yeah. But then again, like the Oakland, Oakland athletics didn't break baseball. Yeah. They just sort of did it differently. Got above 500 a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, were... But I, I mean like the, the three point thing like totally changed basketball. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, like it, at least at the professional levels and the higher college levels, like 
it's it's completely different now in the NBA. It's completely completely different now in college. Like I I this might lead to something like that with this player tracking. But also God, there's probably an iceberg that we have no idea about in the NFL with their like player motion yeah, and stuff. Well, you get down to the bottom third of this article, here's Charlie Ebersol again. Quote, you're talking about tens of millions in points of data that we figured out how to compress and deliver it in real time. So any industry that needs to take that level of data and then compress it and deliver it instantly can use that application. Obviously, the application out of the gate is the gambling platform. You know, the initial investment, the cash up front comes from a cash rich industry. But we're doing it for a variety of other partners, uh, transportation, physical therapy. Um, That's it's. uh, It's it's so it's such a such an odd thing to have. And this is this is why this is like this is one of my favorite pieces of journalism. Yeah, because I think kind of everyone took it on its face that this was a football league. Yeah, about this football was a feeder league. And Charlie Ebersol will talk to a reporter I've never heard of. I'm sure he's good and has been around for a while, but he yeah. will just say on record like, "No, this is not a football company. This yeah, we're not. This is a, a data transmission company. It's masquerading as a football league." So, uh, wow. Yeah. So, wow. like a big, big shout yeah. out to Brent Schrotenberg for a good piece of journalism. Job, yeah. We like journalism around here at the Paul. <laughs> it's a good journalism school, and we, uh, we get to do it in the journalism home. And that was, so that was, that was a lot of fun to learn about the AAF, which also, yeah, receivers and quarterbacks, like this is going to be a running league. Yeah. It's, I, have you heard the story of this Luis Perez guy? No, he's. I think he's the quarterback of the Birmingham Iron. He didn't play any high school football. He learned how to play football on the YouTube. What? Yeah, no. He 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 learned how to play football on the YouTube and joined a, a call Division two college team and became their quarterback. And then okay, I learned the right way to cut an onion. Yeah, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, no, he learned like how to read defenses on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that that's his whole thing. So like, I I agree, I hundred percent agree. Like, it's not a quarterback league. Like these guys are, there's there's guys who have like four years of football experience. I just sprouted state. fourteen new gray hairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just hearing that <laughs> phrase just made me. He learned how to play quarterback on YouTube. No, boom. No, that shouldn't that shouldn't happen. Yeah, how to throw everything. <laughs> I reject this. Yeah. Okay. Um, We're gonna. I need a break after that. Take a break. We're gonna take a break. We'll be we'll be back for more cheeseheads. Um. I'm still on Twitter at MP Fleischman. He's still on Twitter at Melum Setter. Uh, it's about time both of us sent a tweet. Uh, yeah, off of our own accounts or the Cheese Chicago Land account because I don't really tweet off of either one. I I, I think I think I think a Melum Setter tweet is is yeah, it's a rare <laughs> delivery. It's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a it's a rare it's a rare gift. We we use could use another one of those. I'm on other social media at MP Fleischman. I think Instagram is the only one that I'm at all active with. I've got, oh, this is this is going to be fun. On Saturday morning, I'm going to be doing color for the girls 1A state championship game from Whoa. Bankers Life Fieldhouse down in Indianapolis. The Marquette Catholic girls team are going down there to defend last year's state title mm-hmm. against the same team that they defeated last year, wow. Vincent Reve. 
from the southern part of the state. They're meeting up there for the 1A. Uh, terrestrially, that game will be me and Steve Dull on 95.9 WFM out of Michigan City, Indiana. It's also available on our website, rrsn.com, under the broadcast schedules page so you can listen to us call a state championship game it's my second state championship game in a row i called this one last year as well uh i'm just having a lot of fun yeah with uh with state basketball the marquette catholic girls team has a pair of twin sisters they're six foot six foot one uh they're they're the nolan twins mm-hmm. they are going to st john's wow. so if whoa yeah um Folks here at DePaul will be able to see them next year. I'm pretty sure they're going to play as freshmen. Yeah, yeah. Joe Tartamella is going to really like a uh, a pair of sisters. One of them shoots a little bit more. One of them rebounds a little bit more. Uh, their but their games are are similarly athletic and similarly refined. So wow, they're a treat to watch. So watch out for them in the Big East as well because they're coming. Yeah, <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, that's what I have going on. What do you got happening? I got um well. I don't know. We released a podcast. We started the Radio DePaul Sports Podcast Network. So there's a there's a few podcasts out now. There's a uh, kind of a, a a survey of DePaul students on their feelings on Wintrust Arena was our first one. Um, and then um, Ryan Witchery, the uh, general manager here at Radio DePaul, also released a one explaining German soccer. Uh, so oh. both of those are up and listenable on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Anchor FM, on. Everywhere but Apple. It's like normal so. soccer, but with more rules. Yeah, yeah. It's like more, normal soccer with more rules, and they, they sucked for a long time, too. So, huh. Yeah. They were real good in the 50s, and then they were not good for a long time, and they're now they're real good again. So, Cool. And you Stark. also did that visual album. Yeah, I did make I did a visual album and, and a musical album called Favor uh, by Open Channel Siphon that you can uh, get on the Spotify and the Apple Music and the YouTube is where the you can see the visuals. So, Awesome. Yeah, that, that's all I got. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll be back to uh, to fill the final portion of this podcast with uh, some kind of content here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. No idea what was happening there. I really didn't. Yeah. Are you a believer in ad blockers? <sighs> I am, but I used to have one and then it stopped working. And I'm just maybe too lazy to sure. get a new one. I can't. I cannot browse the internet without an ad blocker. Yeah, that's... I I don't I don't want to hear about how it's unethical no, to use an ad totally blocker. Ethical and fine. Ads should are unethical. I'm I'm one single person in in a giant atomized machine, and my my actions within that machine to not see ads are not cannot inherently by definition cannot be unethical. Yeah, <laughs> no one will notice if you don't yeah. see the ads. No, who? Look, look. The ad people were dumb enough to pay for the ad. Yeah. If I don't see it and don't care about it. Look, there you have it. Folks. I haven't. I don't think I've ever bought anything off of an internet ad. I've just heard. I've just heard a lot of a lot of arguments, and and some of them from like 
from Twitter personalities who like write for websites that rely on ad revenue that like, Hey, it's un- unethical for you to block the ads from my website, sorry. which I'm sorry. Sorry. It, I'd pay, I, I might pay for your website. If, yeah. I like, I might, if it's good, like I'll give you money for it, but like, I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't, I don't care to see a 17th advertisement for game of war fire age. Yeah. That starts playing like a me- fake like auto epic music, like auto yeah. playing over the article. Yeah. Like I get, I, I can't tell you how many advertisements in the last week, Mike, that I've gotten for a robe, um, that looks like a knight suit. Like a suit of armor. Like a bathrobe? Like a bathrobe, like a fuzzy bathrobe that huh. has a hood and also a, a gate that comes down over the face. Like I'm a knight who is lancing on the, the top of a... I, I'm not going to buy that. that sounds, Quit it. That sounds I don't, very necessary. I don't want to see that That anymore. sounds really necessary. I, like something that you... that how, can, how are you living without that? I You know what? I don't know. Honestly. I, I, uh, I don't know. But I... Because like... It's going to keep this after I get out of the shower, I put it on and I close it on my face and it'll keep the steam in my face and it'll moisturize it is the thought, I think. That's really poor. Yeah. Yeah. No (laughs) bad product. I know that. I know that they say that I'm not, I'm not an active user of Facebook. Sure. And a lot of what, a lot of what Facebook learns about you, they learn through your use of the like button. Yeah, I do not use the like button on Facebook. Sure. So Facebook knows very little about me, and I know there are like there are ways you can widgets you can use and such that like tell you what Facebook knows about you. Facebook knows nothing about me, and so I had a stretch of about forty five days where the only ad I saw on Facebook was for a fancy mustard. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> it's. <laughs> I thought that was actually like really prescient, you know, because my likes on Facebook are. Yeah. When I first got Facebook, I was like, oh, uh, co- there's a page called Coffee. I like so that. I like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there's a page called like, uh, you know, the Hoi Fong Foods, the makers of Sriracha. I like that. Which, yeah. Uh, J.R. Smith. I like that. It has become like an unpopular opinion to like Sriracha, but I think it's it's. Or at least like sort of a played out mainstream opinion nowadays. Sure. But at the same time, it's a high quality hot sauce that yeah. goes on a lot of things that I eat. Um, so, I see one person a day in a sriracha shirt. Yeah. Yeah. They started marketing shirts and yeah. it's a mainstream now, but I don't know. It's, it, it was good then. It's good now. Um, the Melvins, <laughs> you know, seminal band from, uh, yeah. from, from Olympia, Washington. Like I like their page. And so like, you can look at those three likes and be like, deduce a lot of, I bet this guy likes fancy mustard. (laughs) It's like, I totally do. What kind of white wine are you using in that mustard? (laughs) I have opinions. Um, Is it coarse ground or smooth? I know one time we talked about expensive ketchup on the show. I did find expensive ketchup. Oh, it has to be out there. Yeah. No, it was like $15 for a bottle and it was like spicy ginger ketchup, ginger ketchup. Okay. Yeah. It was it was like organic and and, and organic cane ginger sugar ketchup with and, cane sugar. Yeah, it was. I, I buy the stuff from Aldi, which sure. is uh, it's pretty good. It's Heinz. Yeah, it's Heinzish, not Huntsish. Hunts is very very sweet, very sugary. Yeah, and Heinz is a little bit more vinegary. Mm-hmm. And the only place where I like ketchup is on hot French fries. Yeah, like it's not a burger condiment for me. What's your burger condiment? A um, little bit of mustard or a little bit of Fancy mayo. Fancy mustard? Uh, doesn't even matter. Yeah, doesn't even matter. 
<laughs> Regular yellow will do just fine, but if you've got like a honey mustard or a Dijon, that's also really good. Okay. Uh, or, or just mayo, especially if you've got like mushrooms on a burger, mm. mayo is pretty good with that. Okay. Um, uh, do you have anybody that you want the Packers to draft? That's um, my transition. No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we're we're just getting into mock draft season. Yeah, it's it's really starting to come out. You were saying that you've actually found a couple of couple of writers that you, you like for mock drafts. I, I, I don't have any writers that I like for mock drafts. I have a player that I want us to take that I see coming up in mock drafts frequently. Aha. Uh-huh. And I want I I see Chauncey Gardner Johnson, safety out of Florida, um, is a lot with a lot of the same things that I saw in Jair coming out of college in, in Jair's tape is he's a very willing tackler. There's a lot of high, there's a lot of like tape and highlights of him, like blowing up screens, like a, a screen blocker, just running straight through a screen blocker to get to a tackler. And that's you, it, it, it feels rare to see that out of a defensive backfield. Yeah. And like, especially with a uh, kind of the defensive backfield, the Packers have had in recent memory, yeah. uh, seeing that is kind of crazy. My diagnosis of the Packers secondary is that they need faster players yeah, and and better closers. Yeah. Especially at safety. People yeah. are going to come over and disrupt and who are who are going to have the athletic ability to play shallower. Yeah. And and, and I, still not and still be able to to provide help over top and to the sidelines. Yeah. And I I I really 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 like his play both like as a run defender and is like a backfield is a backside help. Do you know where he's projected? Uh I've seen him both in our second round and in, at one thirty. It for the thirtieth pick in the first okay. round. Okay. Um so that possibility for both of those um probably depends on his combine stuff as well. Um but I, I, I really like that. I like the Jakai Polite. That seems to be almost seen. universal out of all the out of all the mock drafts that have slid past my eyes. Yeah. In the last week or so, Jakai Polite at twelve, yeah, is pretty consistent. It's pretty consistent. Uh, I saw Mel Kiper had us taking um, uh, Antonio Brown, Marquise Brown. I forget if he's his brother or his cousin or what the deal is. Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma at twelve, um, which I thought was uh, a bonkers decision to take a wide receiver at twelve. I don't think the Packers can do that. Uh, Marquise Brown is going to miss his combine and pro day foot surgery because of foot surgery, yeah. which means that he could drop to a place where he is pretty available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw that with uh, Eddie Jackson for the the Bears. Like he he broke his leg, um, and it dropped him to the fourth round. So I I don't think Brown will get out of the second, um, but hey, man, that's uh, getting him in the second round is probably not bad. Probably not too bad at all. It's interesting to think of drafting a wide receiver in the second. Yeah, yeah. Because if you, you think about what the Packers have going on right now, in that there's still going to be projects at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You are you have your fingers crossed that Geronimo Allison can still contribute to the Packers. Hilarious Geronimo Allison thing from the other day. I'll he take was, it. He was on the Steve Harvey show. Uh, like Steve Harvey's daytime talk show? Steve Harvey's daytime advice show. He was in the audience and he asked a question. And he, he asked Steve Harvey for advice on how he can... Uh, um, he was asking Steve Harvey for advice on how to 
not change in a relationship. He was like, I, I'm in love with my girlfriend. I want her to be my wife, but uh, my boys are telling me that I'm changing and I'm not hanging out with them and doing boy stuff as much. How do I split the difference and be both? And I was like, <laughs> he like got up and introduced himself. He was like, hey, I'm, I, I, I'm a football player. I've been in the league for four years now. Um, I have this issue. <laughs> His girlfriend was like with him. And like she looked like shocked by the question. It was bizarre. It was so funny. That's a bold man. Yeah, who, bold. Yeah, bold, bold man. I like that. Um, that was that's Toronto announced the story. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a question as to whether he's gonna gonna be a big part of the roster or whether he can yeah come back and be effective after missing a year and especially effective you know first quarter yeah. of the season. There is. There's a need for an immediate playmaker somewhere in the receiving core at the skill position. Yeah. A lot of people talk about Antonio Brown being perhaps the right fit for that. And as the situation in Pittsburgh gets more fucked. Yeah. That's my one F. Yeah. F bomb this year. As it gets more F, Antonio Brown's price seems to be dropping. Yeah. And the Steelers seem to be just making sure that the shotgun is just perfectly in line <laughs> yep. with their foot yep. Yep. on this one. Uh, yeah, so Antonio Brown wants out. He talked to Art Rooney, um, and he wants out, man. He wants gone, and yeah. nobody likes Ben Roethlisberger. No, either. nobody does. Um, and he, he this is not man, new. So, this yeah. is not new. This is not one of those, like, Ben Roethlisberger sucks and no one likes him. Like, this is something that the Steelers have been dealing with yeah. and solving through winning for a while now. Yeah. Um, and of course, Bill Cower was able to kind of keep things mm-hmm. under wraps. And Mike Tomlin has also been doing a pretty good job of that. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger, older, not nearly as effective as he used to be, still very highly paid. And still kind of a bad dude. Yeah, still not a good dude. Still a bad dude. And it's not like this should surprise anyone at all. No. Like this was coming out of college. People are like, oh, Ben Roethlisberger is not a good guy. He kind of sucks. Yeah, he, he's pretty trash. And yeah, he is. And we're we're here like 15 years later, and he's still like destroying the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, what it means is that a, a franchise cornerstone is like available at the wide receiver position for likely a reasonable price. Like some of the reports are saying, second, third, as late as a fourth rounder for Antonio Brown. And I, I, I you said it during kind of our break is that like there's no way that. If it's a third rounder, every single team in the league is not lining up to offer it. Yeah, there, third, there, there are thirty-one teams that yeah. will trade a third rounder for Antonio Brown. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, and I think if if anything below like second round, if it's anything below a second rounder, I would lose my mind if the Packers didn't get him. I I, I think it's this is just a risk that you have to take. Is like I I think any locker room problems caused by Antonio Brown, like I I I guess maybe I'm not paying full attention to the Steelers on the day-to-day basis. What is, what is your, what is your ceiling for like what you, because Antonio Brown, a man with his own share of problems. Yeah. I, I, one thing I guess I, I, I slightly more benign problems possibly, although there is a, there's some violence in his background. Yeah. I think, I think there is like a domestic assault, I guess. I, I don't know the whole background on it so maybe before i say i want antonio brown on this team i should read about that yeah uh probably a do some research uh but that's not the spirit of this podcast no no. (laughs) um but what's your ceiling on on antonio brown like what's what's your your highest giveaway because i would 
I, 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 ceiling for me is is the thirtieth pick in the first round. I, I, like if if the Packers make that trade straight up, I'm a happy man. By itself or with a player? By itself. I I don't yeah. think anything anyone else goes with it. I think this is solely a a pick for player swap. Um, his contract slots into the Randall Cobb spot that's departing at about thirteen million dollars a year. Um, the Steelers get hit with the cap hit of like twenty one million dollars with him leaving because of the signing bonuses and stuff. Um, but I think Antonio Brown is a completely game changing option at wide receiver and to line up a to line up Antonio Brown and Devontae Adams across from each other with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. It's pretty crazy. What the hell? Yeah, it's a good idea. What on earth is why a uh, what? Uh, mm, those are two of the best route runners in football. It, it, it puts a bit of pressure on <laughs> on everyone. Every every you can't there's no more like double team Devontae Adams every play and don't think about it because, oh, guess what? On the other side is a guy who is maybe as good, if not better. Like, if Antonio Brown is your number two option, and, uh, it, it it would completely, and with a Matt LaFleur offense, which is so... And he's under a contract. You wouldn't have to resign. You wouldn't have to resign him. You wouldn't have to be renegotiating. Yeah, there's, there's, there's absolutely no... if. Yeah, because that's always the it was the T O read. Yeah. As as well, not the not the. Was it actually Owens last year who was kind of floating around? Who am I thinking of? I I don't know. There was a wide receiver last last season that was a matter of like it's not Terrell Owens. Yeah, it's not Terrell Owens. He's ancient. I'm He's very ancient. old. Yeah. Um. um another cow. Um. Uh, Cooper. Co- not not Cooper. My brain is special. Des Bryant. Oh, sure, 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 sure. You do have to pay Des Bryant. But like Amari yeah. Cooper, Amari Cooper, they sent a first rounder over and they yep. still have to pay him. Like he doesn't his contract's up. They have to extend him. They have to get a full contract and, and pay him for the next five years. Yeah, I, but I guess I saw like Des Bryant very much in the same way of Antonio Brown is that like you don't have to you know, you, you do not sure. have to guarantee this guy years or money to get him right now. Right. Yeah. yeah in yeah. the case of Des Bryant, you're like if he's taking a one-year deal because no one's offering him anything, yeah. let alone a two-year deal. And in the case of Antonio Brown, he's already on a deal. He's already on It's like three years left, and likely at the end of that, like he's he's not going to be expected to be signed to a long, yeah. big one because he's going to be like 34 years old. And so this is an opportunity to get someone who's, who's in their prime, on the descent of their prime, but that descent is coming from the best receiver in football. And so I think this is a really valuable and versatile option for the Packers to grab. And somebody who can come in and day one be a game-time impact player versus a rookie who's going to have to adjust. And we saw a lot of that last year is guys like Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, like in being late-round picks, they're inherently more of projects yep. than somebody who's going to be going well, and Packers round. fans and football fans in general this is a, is a thing they do is they get far too in love with their projects yeah yeah um see Janice comma Jeff yeah yeah for a lot he of didn't this. have any skill no he has uh, no skill at all and, and and just a pure just an athlete just an athlete and but you see this in that you know and in basketball as well what was it um yeah, you know, like these teams who are like, I wouldn't trade, you know, like 
this so-and-so, like this young project guard mm-hmm. who can jump out of the gym, he's untouchable. Yeah, like in 2013, would, you, know, you can't. You Dante can't. Exum. Yes. Yeah, Dante like 2014, Exum. 2014, Dante Exum. Yeah, like the, you're either going to get with those kind of guys, like you're going to get a Giannis or you're going to get a Dante Exum. Like it, yeah. the borders of both things, yep. the borders of both extremes on the project players. And like you, you can have anyone on the team, but you can't touch Zach Levine. <laughs> it's like okay yeah okay um it's it's the, the football gets the same way of like um you can't touch my marquez valdez scantling there's a long list of wide receivers on the packers i would i would yeah involve in a antonio brown trade were were the pittsburgh steelers to be interested like yeah yeah you can have yeah, him you can have brown if you want J- if you want jamon moore i feel like a lot of packers fans would be like not Jamon. Be like, yeah, well, like, Jamon's probably never going to play. Yeah, so just like, here. <laughs> get I don't want him to go away. Um, yeah, no, like if, if if MVS or EQ or Jamon Moore are involved in a trade for Antonio Brown, who cares? Great. Awesome. Great. Geronimo Allison? Yeah. Yeah. I love Gmo. I like, love yeah, I love Geronimo, but it, yeah. I'm of just course. testing the limits at this point. Yeah. I'm just I'm just finding out where the boundaries are. Yep. Get him out of here. All right. For Antonio Brown. Yeah. Jake Ab- Kumaro. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> get him out of here. Get him out of here. He just turned like twenty eight. Like, get him out of here. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, I Antonio Brown would, would be a game changer. Did you go to college twice? Yeah, he did. He's uh, so old. Uh, yeah, he went to college for eight years and then went to the practice squads for four years. And, okay. And now he's 37. Um, he has six degrees. He has seven. God, he, he's got a degree in theology. He's got a degree in art history. He, he really hit everything. Um, But no, I, I if Antonio Brown comes on this Packers squad, what this is the best offense in football. Uh, and we don't even know what playbook the coach runs. Uh, PFF just graded out Aaron Jones as the top running back in the NFC North, which yeah. we knew that. Yeah, that you're was, right. That was not surprising. Jimmy, that's a it, great job, PFF. Uh, you miss on almost everything, but you got that one. Uh, they had Ha Clinton Dix rated as the second best safety in football when sure. we traded him, which if you have ever actually watched the Packers, <laughs> you knew that that was not true. Uh, how about uh, how about we get uh, Jones over 350 yeah. carries? How about we get Jones <laughs> over 100 carries? Uh, That'd be good. Yeah, it Antonio Brown on this team makes them better than the Rams this year. Bold? In in every single way. Interesting I, thing happened to the Rams. They lose to the Patriots in a close game. Yeah. And there seems to be at least a like a football commentary class of people who have thrown the Rams out. I've kind of taken Sean McVay yeah. and the Rams and like crinkled them up and tossed them in the garbage can. I don't see it. They're no, too, they're too young. Yeah, they're too young. And I mean, everyone involved with that is so young. Like, I, I think they have a few more years before contracts come it up. It reminds me of what people did to the Cubs the year before they won the yeah. World Series. Yeah, yeah. Is there? And right? I was looking at them that that year, going like they're coming back next year and they're going to win it. Yeah. Uh, and absolutely, I think the Rams will be good next year. In every position group, I think then this Packers team is on par or better, except for running back if Todd Gurley's healthy. I mean, Rodgers is miles beyond Jared Goff. That receiving core with Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown is better than Robert Woods and Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. Like, whatever combo you make of those three guys, like, 
Brown and Adams are are one and two in the NFL. It it, it would be out. It would be outrageous to see on a football field every Sunday. PFF also thinks the Packers are going to land free safety Earl Thomas. Interesting. I don't. I think he's going to Dallas. I think. I think we're going to look at Landon Collins. I think that's our our way. And there's there's nothing in the way of negotiations with Landon Collins and the Giants. Um. So I I think it's either a franchise tag that gets slapped on him or the Packers make a huge offer. And I think a, a revamped safety core of Landon Collins and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I like Landon Collins. Good player. I like Landon Collins a lot. A, yep. a guy who can really step up in the box and be a, a run-defending safety and can also give you some help on the backs, on the deeper zones. I know that's not his strength, and, and we've kind of seen him struggle over the last few years when the Giants put him in that position. But he, he he's great at, at anything that involves tackling and being close to the line of scrimmage and being in the box and coverage, like man coverage. And so... I'd love Landon Collins. He's very versatile in a combination with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Jair Alexander. <clears throat> Man, that's a good defense. Oh, and then if if we had a, a someone, a living human being who can walk in the direction of a quarterback, that would be something. That would be in- insane. Because right now, Clay Matthews and Nick Perry uh, have tried to crab walk towards the quarterback, but it just really doesn't work. I occasionally like to pop into our archives and listen to random episodes to grade myself and to to look at what I could be doing better. Sure. I was listening to an episode in which I was trying to find the bright spot of Nick Perry. Uh, yeah, what did And you I find? was actually singling out the idea that like after he got completely stymied at the line of scrimmage several times in the 49ers games, yeah. he put his arms up in the air and deflected a few Beth- CJ Beathard passes. Great, yeah. That's where I was. Tr- that's how desperate I was in that's, week six. Yeah. He's trying to find the positives of Nick Perry. I don't know that he played, <laughs> played another game after that week. He might have, yeah. for all I, I know. No but, idea. Um, that's where I was with Nick Perry. He, in, in Six weeks into this season, I was going like, well, at least after he got completely shut down by, yeah. by a you know, replacement-level right tackle, he yeah. put his arm up in the air. And did something. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he's washed. Clay Matthews is is done. Somebody will give Clay Matthews a big chunk of money uh, for name recognition and for the jersey sales that they'd get. I think that That's I it. think the Cleveland Browns, who were happy to give A.J. Hawk a bunch of money yeah. when, uh, two years after he stopped being effective on the Packers. Yeah. I think they could step in for a Clay yeah. Matthews with all the Packers and their executives. Yep. Yeah. I think they could get Clay Matthews for three years for 12 to $15 million or something. I know someone who would own a Matthews Browns jersey. I do, too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cole Madison. Just one final story. Yeah. This, this came out. Last week, uh, reports confirmed that Cole Madison, who was a lineman drafted in the late rounds by the Packers, uh, did not report to football, did not report to the Packers because of the uh, the death of one of his college teammates. Yeah, Tyler Holinsky. He was the yep. quarterback at, at Washington State when Cole Madison was there. Um, and, and Holinsky committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess we... Do we know if he had CTE? Yes, posthumously diagnosed okay. with CTE. Okay, I, I wasn't sure about the status of his body um but yeah yeah they they were like roommates and good friends mm-hmm. um and so uh that's that's gonna that's gonna wear on somebody that's gonna be really hard yeah that's that's really tough and it, it's to me it's just it's a it's a story worth reporting because we kind of wondered on cheese at yeah. chicagoland back 
before the regular season when we're hearing like, and then he disappeared. Yeah. And we're kind of like, okay. All right. Like that's, that's kind of the tag on that is that's, that's what happened. And Hey, just a reminder that, uh, there are way more important things than football. Yeah. Especially, especially if it involves like personal tragedies along those lines, and especially personal tragedies intersecting with like, I'm sure concerns about long-term health. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Every football player should be should be thinking about their long term health and well being yeah. right now. Yeah, that would be that would be really smart. And offensive line is another question for Green Bay. And and yeah, you know, you know we were we were disappointed at the time that you know Packers could really use a tackle. Yeah, they they could use some guys in the wings who who look to be. Yeah, we could use some guards. Look to be use, good. Yeah, yeah, some young. Talent on the offensive line. A little depth on the offensive line would do you do you good, but it's uh, it's more important to to be well, yeah, and then then to play football because football is just a just football a silly, silly game. Yeah, football's fleeting, but uh, it's mainly being used to develop gambling technology. Ah, uh, uh, hate MGM Grand Casino. I just. You're not a hey, MGM Grand. Yeah. You're, you're not allowed to advertise with us. I just set set the podcast down on the ground and, and kind of snuffed it out. That's yep. the, that's how I end, ended this week's podcast. Is I just sort of sat it down. MGM Grand. They they send me a lot of emails because I stayed at the Excalibur Hotel last time when I was in Las Vegas for the winter yeah. meetings. Um, they own a lot of hotels, man. They own a lot. They own of a things. lot of properties. They own the Silly Castle Hotel in Las Vegas that I stayed at and I can't, I can't badmouth my stay at the Excalibur hotel. I felt that my hotel room was up to par, up to par. Sure. Yeah. It looked as if it had been cleaned. Good. Good. Several good, times. Good, good. Good. Didn't smell funny. Great. It's all, all you can that. ask for. Especially now that weed is legal in Las Vegas. Absolutely. Like there's a lot of funny smells everywhere. Yeah. And, Weed is one of those things where, like, like it used to just sort of smell a little funny, but now that it's been like hybridized and scientificized, like yeah. a thousand times, like now it, it, just not even lighting it on fire and the whole room yeah. smells smells like some sort of like incredibly potent science experiment. The whole hotel smells. Yeah, yeah. It welcome to. Uh, Las Vegas, I guess. It used to be like, that's a little pungent. Now it's just like some sort of like... Everyone gets knocked out on the Some sort of floor. skunk made of fruit exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I'm done complaining about Las Vegas and, and Las how, Vegas how, weed. how weed smells nowadays. And we're finished here. It's Cheeseheads in it's Chicago. The Vice Land. episode of yeah. Cheeseheads. Thank you for listening. <laughs> whatever on or whatever this podcast might be at this point in yeah. time um it's it's the off season so we're also off <laughs> yeah no okay. i'm not clocking in for another couple months no nope. yeah we'll yeah we'll have some combine reports for you for you later on but for now it's this this is what you get uh thank you so much for listening we'll be back when we're back uh follow me on twitter at mp fleshman follow him on twitter at melum setter um you know, take take uh, take care of yourself if you're uh, you know if you're not feeling very good. And uh, until next time, stay cheesy, baby. All right. <laughs>